Paris is admired by people all across the world as one of the most elegant cities anywhere. And one of the ingredients that makes it so special has to be the confident poise of its citizens. It didn't take long after newlywed Mary Baron left America to notice the little things that characterize the typical urban sophisticates of Paris, things that sometimes lead to misunderstanding between our two cultures. Now she coaches Americans visiting Paris on how to fit in with the French. It's in a tour she provides called How to Walk Like a Parisian. Mary, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rick. So you do a tour. Is it for um, Americans that don't understand French culture? What's the idea about the tour? That's exactly it. It's for travelers who want to come to Paris and who want to fit in, who are maybe a little bit nervous about the French, maybe heard a few bad things about the ways French can treat Americans and really want to get in uh, on the ground level, sort of know how to order, how to shop, how to not look silly. I found so many people have preconceptions about the French, and, and a lot of time they're negative. Mm-hmm. What do you find the major preconceptions that Americans have about the Parisians and uh, might be misguided? I think the French can come off as a little cold and a little bit judgmental. Um, and I think that part of that is just big city culture. You know, Paris is a big urban space, so people have got their urban faces on. So there's not a lot of smiling and hi, how you doing kind Yeah, of you, stuff. you meet a small town French person in, in Burgundy, they're going to be a little different than oh, a Parisian. Yeah. So that's part of it is a kind of an urban aggressiveness. And then the other part is maybe being a little judgmental. The French have a pretty nice lifestyle they think. And they think they've got it figured out. They really think they've got it figured out. And so if you're doing something a little bit outside of that, they're looking at you maybe like, hmm. When are you going to get enlightened? Let us show you how to do it. Maybe you should get on on our stuff here. You take a group around Paris, a bunch of um, novices. Mm -hmm. And on your tour, you advertise that you teach them how to walk, eat, look, and talk like a Parisian. Mm -hmm. How do you walk like a Parisian? (laughs) Quickly. Uh, You also have to treat Parisian sidewalks like freeways. So You would never stop in the middle of a freeway. You would never stop in the middle of a French sidewalk. If you would like to stop, you sort of look behind you to make sure you won't be rear-ended and generally pull over to the side and then stop. Or if you'd like to pass someone, take a little look to the left, make sure there's no oncoming traffic. You don't have to put on your turning indicator, but you sort of slowly move in front of them and then move back back in front of them, just like on the freeway, just passing. So if you loiter there in the middle of the fast lane, what's going to happen? You're going to get bumped into and someone's going to go, ugh. Oh, that's that. Uh. And then you think, these French people just are very... Yeah, they're so uh. mean, but I don't understand. And you've got your big old map out, and you're talking to each other and causing And you were disturbing traffic. Yes. So this is a big city. Things work this way. Exactly. And here's this buffoon that stops in the middle of the fast lane. Exactly. So in our neighborhood, we live in Montmartre, and there's a lot of steps. So the travelers go straight up to the top of the steps. They're a little out of breath, which is understandable. And then they stop bing-bang in the middle of the steps to think, where are we? Do, do, do. Or the same when you're coming out of the metro. They'll stop right in the middle, right And then the what do the locals top. do? They push them out of the way. Uh, give me that sound again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you eat like a Parisian? Well, the French have a very specific timeline for eating. So breakfast happens early and generally at home. For example, you would never have a cafe au lait, those big bowls of milk, out in public. That's something you'd have at home. So You have a big bowl of coffee and milk at home, and then when you go out, your first coffee of the day is an espresso and maybe a pastry on the go, a little croissant or Ah, a pouch. So when I see these people at 10 o'clock in the cafe having their pastry, that's Mm -hmm. actually a a mid-morning snack. A second breakfast. A second breakfast. 
Mm-hmm. And lunch and dinner? Lunch and dinner happen at very specific times. So lunch is generally served from 12.30 until 2.30. So you got to get mm-hmm. in there, and the French will eat from 12.30 to 2.30, so it's a very leisurely oh, is that lunch right? break. Now, is there a trend towards faster business lunches these days? There is. Yeah, there is. But the tradition is still really, really strong. My husband, for example, takes a solid two-hour lunch break. It's a sacred thing. And then dinner starts later. So dinner starting at like 7.30 is the early wave. Uh-huh. And then most people will sit down and have dinner at 8.30 or 9. I notice a lot of nice restaurants filled with Parisians late mm-hmm. in the evening. Oh, yeah. seem like tourist traps in the early seating, but that's mm-hmm. just because the Parisians are less likely to eat that early as that's the right. tourists. That's right, yeah, because they work later as well. And then if you're walking in front of a restaurant and you're sort of not sure, is it eating time or is it coffee time, if you look at the outside tables, if they're set, like if right. there's okay. knives and forks and placemats and wine glasses, then you know, A, they expect you to sit down and eat, not just order a coffee. And B, you should probably ask to be seated at that point. Whereas if it's so a cafe, that's the difference. That's if the, the, difference, if the yeah. table setting's out, it's more formal restaurant time. It's more formal restaurant time, yeah. Whereas if you walk by that same cafe at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning or at 4 in the afternoon, hmm. none of the tables would be set. You could sit down and order whatever it is that you want in terms of a beverage, and you wouldn't have to ask to be seated. You just seat yourself. How do you look Parisian? Try not to smile too much. And then be quiet. So really, so <laughs> yeah. you talk in hushed tones, and you, you talk don't in really hushed tones. Yeah, and you don't you don't have these goofy smiles that a lot of tourists right. have. That's right. Like you're less impressionable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they see people that smile a lot as a little bit naive. They wonder why, you know, what do they have to smile about? And then if you explain to them, well, I'm in. You know, it's the birds. It's the Eiffel Tower. It's and the sunshine. Kinda, yeah, but they think you're a little a bit little kinda, less sophisticated, a little, a little goofy. Maybe a simpleton. Well, maybe. Yeah. And so if you're a French person, you're happy to smile if you've got a good reason, but they don't see smiling recreationally as worth a muscle usage. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Mary Barome. And Mary is an American who's moved into Paris, uh, fell in love with Gregoire and have a, <laughs> have a baby in Paris. And she has a blog called How to Marry a Frenchman.blogspot.com. How to Marry a Frenchman. Mary, you talk in your blog, it's so fun to read this blog, by the way, about conversation and how the French really want to get down to meaningful things in a conversation. <laughs> and that sometimes puts us in an uneasy situation. Mm-hmm. Explain. Yeah, they really do. I think they, you know, religion, politics, your job, all of these things can be a little bit touchy, but the French love to talk about their bodies. Uh, in a way that is really surprising to us. Okay, so you're a French woman. I'm going to just mm-hmm. say, hi, how you doing? If it was in the morning, maybe your first question, instead of saying how you're doing, would be, how did you sleep? Okay, how did you sleep? Yeah, and, and they wouldn't want to know, like, oh, did you dream about butterflies or whatever? The answer would be like, well, you know, with the Chinese food I ate last night, I was really sweaty, and I kind of rolled over and I had a cramp in my neck, or, you know, <laughs> I slept really well because the window was open, but my nose was running. They just really, it's a very sort of um, scientific, scientific, biological answer they're looking and, for. And if you've gained a little weight, would people... That's a fantastic thing to talk about. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, well, you know, or, or better, my mother-in-law, when I ask her how anyone's doing... Oh, well, she lost weight. She's looking fantastic. Oh, well, you know, gained a few pounds, but it was the winter. So to, it's just part of the how are they doing is a, is a physical update. So if you wanted to talk about even your bowel movements or how your digestion was going, a French person would be really eager. They'd to, be willing to do that. Oh, yeah. They'd ask oh, okay. you follow-up questions. 
And if you come back from a vacation, they would comment on how tanned and healthy exactly, you look. Exactly. Yes, they would say what a what a bun mean you have, which is just sort of a general inner glow. An inner glow, and they'll comment on that. They will. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Mary Barone about how to walk like a Parisian and how to live like a Parisian. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. David's on the line in Georgetown, Texas. David, thanks for your call. Thank you. Comment or question for Mary. Yeah, in our travels, my wife and I try to view things more as a local than than mm-hmm. as a tourist. Um, we often rent an apartment, which makes us use the local marches and boulangeries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But is there... Is there something else we can do, another major thing we can do to be more of a local and less of a tourist? Hmm. Good question. Yeah. Well, I think one way to do that is certainly with your transportation options. Um, By using the metro, using the buses, you really get down with the locals. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that already. That's That's a great way to do it. Um, and then grocery shopping, just like you're doing, is just perfect. So mm. just going to the grocery store, that's a good way to feel oh. the pulse, yeah? Oh, yeah. The greetings are yeah. important when you step in to a, a shop or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. One of the most important ways to connect with a French person is to greet them formally. So as, as Americans, we're pretty eager to just sort of smile and nod and think that that's enough of a greeting. But to really connect with a French person, you've got to say straight up front, bonjour. And then you add, just like in the military, you know, ma'am, sir, as, as much as you possibly can. So, bonjour, madame, bonjour, monsieur. And they will reply right back to you, bonjour, monsieur. And then uh, you kind of proceed from business there. But It is quite business-like, isn't it, though? I mean, very, there's a, a, it's a regiment. It's very formal. It's yeah. very formal. And so that's the the one tricky bit about being a traveler is that you still sort of, uh, it's hard to break down the walls and to really feel like a down-home local and get to know people because they really do have a, a formal exterior. A lot of Americans really are raised to think the customer's king. And oh, you, yeah. And you go into a French department store or something. No, not the case at all. Yeah, they've got so many customers and not a lot of so motivation. they're doing you a favor, they're really, by letting you buy something from they you. They really are, yeah. <laughs> David, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Mary's on the line in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Mary, thanks for your call. Hi. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to tell you that I've been to Paris, and I did not find the French people to be bad at all. I really enjoyed it. Oh, fantastic. It. Good. And I envy you so much that you live there. What I would like to know is, would it be economical and wise mm-hmm. to, say, rent a petit air for a month and live there for a month? Would an American that doesn't know that much French be able to get around? Yes, you would. Well, let's start at the top. Yes, I think it is a wonderful idea to spend a month in any city. You really get to sink your teeth into things. And renting an apartment is a wonderful way to go because you get to live like a temporary local. You get a shop. You get to figure out what it's like to carry all that shopping up the stairs to your apartment. Call a plumber. Call a plumber. <laughs> Learn how to cook on a little stove the size of a Bunsen burner. Yeah, I think that that's really a great way to feel how Parisians live by renting an but apartment. But it's quite expensive to get an apartment in Paris, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, it's less expensive than a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen any discounts for renting a month versus a week. It sort of seems like... The weekly rate's Mm -hmm. that, and if you want to stay a week, great. If you want to stay a month, fine. But you certainly spread out the cost of your airplane ticket the longer you stay. That's for sure. (laughs) Mary, good luck with your dreaming of going to Paris. Thank you. Thank you. Mary Barone, you fell in love and married a Frenchman. 
Tell us how to give a real French kiss. <laughs> what is a French kiss, anyways? You know, that is a funny thing. If you ask a French person what a French kiss is, they'll say, kissing me. Hmm? <laughs> so they don't know about the whole what we think French kisses are. So the French kiss I'm talking about there is la bise. So the French word for kiss is bisou. Uh-huh. And a shorter version of that word is la bise. And so this is the shortened version of a kiss. So it's the cheek kiss, the ah. little hello greeting. That's almost onomatopoetic, you little buzz on the yeah, cheek. exactly. Bzz. And now when Americans greet each other, we will hug, which to the French is really strange. Uh, they find it much more intimate than kissing, where we find kissing, oh, the French, they're so romantic, they're always kissing each other. And, and to them, it's the opposite. Isn't that interesting? Because when you hug, you know, you're pressing your bodies against each well, other. Well, exactly. Now, my sister-in-law, Magalie, I really like her so much. And every time I would see her, I was so excited to see her that I would give her this enormous hug. And I could just feel her stiffen. Every part of her body was just like, why are you hugging me? <laughs> and then <laughs> Let me out of here. But she'd rather have a little buzz on the cheek. She would, because when you're hugging, things are touching. Hair is touching breasts are touching, thighs might be touching. So the bees is actually a very small surface uh-huh. of skin that's touching. So bodies are totally apart. Um, if you make a circle with your hand here, like an OK sign, and you place that on the apple of your cheek, that's what you're aiming for. All right. And so eyes closed, noise is essential, and there must be contact. So eyes closed, turn to the left, and then eyes still closed, turn to the right, Now, the placement of this circle, depending on what you want to communicate, varies. So a very just straightforward one. Okay, so my okay circle is on the bony part of my cheek. The bony part of your cheek, yes, for ladies where you would apply the blush. Give me another little kiss right there, please. Yes, yeah, a little. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then the other side? I'm liking this. Yes, and now, if you wanted to communicate that you are slightly more interested in this person, this zone might migrate towards the lip. Okay, mm-hmm. so the, the far corner of the lips, mm-hmm. but still on the cheek. Still on the cheek. Or if you're really trying to get a message across here, the lip-to-cheek ratio would change and maybe more lips, less cheek. I mean, there's a, okay. a, a huge so range of subtlety here, depending on what you're trying to say. It's quite a subtle little dance. It is. This French kissing, this little bisou, or mm-hmm. what do you call it? La bise? Yeah, well, bisou would be a full-on kiss. Oh. La bise. La bise. So you go one. to the market. In fact, that would be a good little assignment for your students on the How to yes. Walk Like a Parisian <laughs> Tour. Go to the market and observe people enjoying la bise. Yes, exactly. Or try and give someone a bisou. Now, this would be an aggressive move for a tourist who might really feel like this is outside their comfort zone. But if you went uh, to the same flower shop every day or you you were introduced to somebody, this is my friend who lives in Paris, or somehow you made some kind of a connection with a Parisian, yeah. you could immediately go in there for a bisou. And what you would do is you'd close your eyes and just kind of stick your head out a little bit, like a turtle coming out of its shell. And they'll just come at you. Yeah, because... like when I go to the same restaurant three nights in a row, after mm-hmm. a long day of sightseeing, and I'm just yeah. comfortable in my neighborhood, sure. I go to this little corner restaurant, the woman who, her and her husband run this place, uh-huh. she greets me like like an old friend on the second night. Sure, yeah. There's a case where I could close my eyes and stick out my lips. Oh, yes. And she would <laughs> give me a bees on that cheek. bony part of my cheek. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then the number of bisous changes. So in the south, there's more. In the north, there's less. Paris sort of is a, a two, two-cheek standard. Okay. But I just let myself be guided. I just keep on, I'll just give you a bisou all day if you want. However many you want. And also you can eventually insert conversation in there. Hi, how are you? 
great. <laughs> I want to go to the market now and observe that. That sounds just wonderful. And when you're in Paris and you're enjoying the whole rhythm of life, a big part of it is eating and being comfortable in the oh, restaurants. Yes. Mm-hmm. So just as we have to be comfortable with our conversation, the way we walk and the way we look, and the, mm-hmm. when we go to the restaurants, some American travelers are just frustrated, stopping in their footprints almost. They don't know how to get a table. They don't mm-hmm. know how to get a waiter's attention. Mm-hmm. First of all, you go to a restaurant, how do you how do you get a table? How do you, how do you seat yourself? Right. Now, there's not going to be a host or hostess stand like when you're walking into a restaurant here. So you just open the door, close the door, the French are wary of drafts, and then just sort of hover by the door until someone comes to see you. And it's going to be a quick interaction. It could be a waiter or barman. Someone's going to look up and sort of just say, oui, you know, bonsoir, what do you right. need, essentially? Right. And then you just want to indicate the number of people you need. Pour deux, s'il vous plaît. Yeah, pour deux or un. And you can show with your, right. your fingers if you like. And he'll motion to you yes. sit down. When in doubt, ask. And pour to get the waiter's attention when you want to get something going on. Yes. It's no more this garçon. No. <laughs> <laughs> that must be no, so annoying. No snapping, no garçon. It's all about eye contact. You don't even have to say, you know, excusez-moi or excuse right. me, sorry. Just eye contact. Just eye contact. Servers are trained to be the most discreet as possible. So they're weaving in and out. They're not going to squat by your table and say, hi, my name is Joe. I'm going to be your server tonight and write down their name. None of that. They want to be as minimally involved as possible in your meal. So if you need their attention, you look up. They're going to be looking for people, looking for them. And they'll come over as soon as they can. And they might not be in a hurry. But you shouldn't be there. You're on vacation. You know, talking to you, Mary, Mm -hmm. about the fine points of fitting in as a temporary (laughs) Parisian and as a traveler... I think we need to observe. That's a big part of it to be successful. That's right. I think we've just got to turn down the volume. That's another giveaway for us because we're pretty loud in restaurants. So just be quiet, take a look around, and then take note. See the small things that are happening. And that's as important as going to the great cathedrals and museums. It's sitting in a cafe and getting it right. And observing, staring at a painting, looking at the details. Sit in a cafe and look at the details. It's fascinating. Mary Baron, merci beaucoup. (laughs) Bisous. <laughs> Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. At Rick Steves' online travel store, you'll also find guidebooks for France, Paris, Provence and the Riviera, and Rick's French phrasebook. To learn more about Rick's guidebooks for France and beyond, visit the travel store at ricksteves.com.